Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. Welcome to our series on parenting. If you've missed out, just to get everyone all caught up, because I know that uh, we've all been all over the place, um, and, and you're like, well, where, how, how far are we into this? In fact, a common question nowadays, like, if the series has started, and I missed it, am I in trouble? Yes, you are. Or some are like, can I jump in halfway through? Everything that we preach is put onto the wonderful World Wide Web, and you can get caught up. Now, I know some of you are like, parenting, if I had only known, I would not have come. Why doesn't someone let me know these things? Uh, here's what you need to know about you, is all of us are parented. God parents us, and so whether you're in that wonderful season of a child in your home, or multiple, or a clan, or a cult, whatever you call your home, uh, we all need to know what parenting should have taught us. Yeah? So there are seasons to parenting, if you don't know, that can bring us all onto the same page. Here's the seasons of parenting. Uh, discipline years is where you're supposed to start. Around age of one, after they are growing out of their like super cute phase, and you start to help them be aware of themselves. Stop biting, stop punching, things like that. Training years. Training your 6 to 11, self-direction, helping them actually make some uh, decisions on their own and, and choices. Coaching years, 12 to 18, self-control. Oh, if we could just learn it all between 12 and 18, wouldn't that be wonderful? But this is really when you start to coach it in friendship years, 18 plus, meaning that you never actually stop parenting. You still have the privilege and opportunity to help people learn what they should have learned. So let's focus on this week. The training years. Now, this 6 to 11, by the way, I, I need to feel like I gotta do this disclaimer every week. Uh, if your child's 12 and you're like, oh no, uh, can I go back? These years are flexible. It's just what the smart psychologists kind of label, and there's gotta be a label. But this training years is uh, the moment that you begin to help your child know that there are responsibilities in this world. And some of us were never taught this, we were, we, or, or we refused the lesson. Some of us are grown adults, and we're like, responsibilities? When's that supposed to start? See, what we're supposed to do as parents 
is help our kids learn that life has responsibilities. Life has things that you've got to do. Now, sometimes we start off small. You're like, hey, your responsibility is to take the trash out. That's all you have to do with life. Dad will pay for everything, take out the trash. I know it sounds like I might have had that conversation before. It's totally hypothetical. But it's when you begin to help your children, by the way, not become slaves. Can we be clear on that? It's you're helping them learn that life has responsibilities. Now, at first, you're like, responsibilities? Could there be a more boring topic? I mean, responsibilities. I have yet to talk to my kids about responsibilities, and they say, oh, finally, Dad. Finally, we were hoping you'd bring this up. Are you going to add to our chores? We hope so. I want one more. No one ever talks to me that way. So here's why we have to talk about the power and importance of learning responsibilities. It's very simple, because they help us fulfill our dreams. And you have dreams, or you used to, but our kids have dreams. I still find it fun, because so far my kids have changed to the about every year, on, on what they dream about for the future of their lives, uh, what they want to do with their lives, what they want to have in their lives. They have dreams. It's fun to listen to the dreams. But you know that there's a conversation connected to the whole dream thing. How are you going to achieve that dream, right? How are you going to actually get to that dream? I mean, my kids, they want Ferraris and, and castles. Yeah, castle, legit request. Uh, some of, there's been different times they want to be a princess. Uh, currently, Ellie wants to just love animals for the rest of her life. I'm like, okay. There's responsibilities to that. So we got to talk about responsibilities. Now, I know some of you, you've joined the current trend of thinking. You're like, responsibilities, David? No. I want my kids to just enjoy that season. To just actually just, just enjoy. I don't. I don't. I don't want my kids to grow up too early. Okay. I thought some of you might be thinking this. And, and we, we tend to think that way. We're like, let's be careful with what we require of children as they grow up. And let me make a very serious observation. Our fear of allowing our kids to grow up too fast often keeps them from ever growing up. And many of us, are currently delaying. Let's call it, let's be nice. They're, we're delaying. We're delaying the responsibility talk. We're, we're pushing it off. We're like, you know what? They're so cute now. I, know I can take care of that <clears throat> for them. They can watch me for the 27,000th time clean the room. And, and we delay it. We delay it. You need to know you're in danger or something. I'm just, I'm pulling the flag right now. Uh, some of us we're teaching our kids that they don't have to grow up. That life doesn't have responsibilities. And then if you have ever been a part of those conversations when they turn 18, 19, 20, and they're like, hey, so my job wants me to show up every day. Mm -hmm. And my, my boss says I should do stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. And if you think those aren't legit conversations, oh my, you need to know. That's, if, you, if, if you employ anybody right now, you're like, how did you know? There's a different workforce. In fact, that's, let's go into the ugly side of this. When we talk about responsibility, it's talking about irresponsibility. Irresponsibility uh, can blow up your life. 
if you don't learn that there's a connection between what you dream now and what you want to achieve later, you'll blow up your life. And what I mean by that is if you don't pay attention to your academics, uh, then it's hard to get into the colleges you want to get to. And if you can't get the college or the trade school or whatever, then you can't do what you wanted to do. And there's responsibilities from early on as simple as wash the dishes. Do they get bigger and have greater impact later? And parents, I find this fascinating that many of us didn't grow up in this kind of home and no one told us when to start teaching our kids to have responsibilities. Now here's the positive, responsibility can build up your life. It can actually do amazing things. But if you stay in the world of irresponsibility, the Bible even gives us wisdom. Let me show you what the Bible teaches on this. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. Now, this is a good, this is a good verse. I like how the message writes it out a little bit more clearly. Like billowing clouds that bring no rain is the person who talks big but never produces. This, my parenting friends, <laughs> is what you're in danger of if you don't pay attention to this conversation. You will raise this. Your kids will grow up and they will show up and they'll talk big and they'll produce little. And if you don't want to have that in your life or if you don't want to be responsible for that choice, and in fact, if you're not parenting, come on, we don't want to be that person. Some of us are. We need to break that. And in fact, to go with this even more, do you know what the current cultural trend regarding dreams and responsibilities look like? Here's our current preference just about life in general. We pick a dream. Come on. When you had something you wanted to do when you, when you grew up or, or something you wanted to own or, or do, we neglect our responsibility, yet we expect the reward. Welcome to parenting. Welcome to growing up, and this is, this is current. It's not fun. In fact, this is how we're marketed to, if you didn't know that. Oh, you want to pick a dream? All right. You want to be an elite athlete, like ripped abs, amazing. Well, neglect your responsibility. Take this pill, and in three days, you will be an Olympic athlete. Go for it. Do it. This is how we're marketed. Do you know that, right? If you ever hear someone say, Here's something great, but you don't have to do much for it. Just run. And don't teach it. In fact, it's not just for us adults. Let's talk about <clears throat> kids. We're talking about parenting. Kids and big expectations. Kids have big expectations of rewards and small expectations of responsibility. <laughs> Some of us didn't grow up out of this. Uh, you, you know where this kind of manifests itself? Usually, originally, pets. Can we talk about pets for a while? Now, I know some of you are afraid right now. You're, you're thinking, I'm going to bash cats. No, no, I'm not going to talk about cats at all. They don't even deserve our attention. So, so we're just going to. And I know some of you, you, you've even repeated this to other people. Yeah, yeah, Pastor David, he hates animals. And God made animals. He should be a better Christian. I do not hate animals, so we're clear. 
I just do not enjoy them in our home. I think outside, let's watch them. Some that shoot them. I don't know. That's just watching. This is amazing. Let's that, that's enjoy the animals outside. But in the home, I have enough problems and responsibilities and big things. And so, so, so just to prove that we don't, we don't hate animals in our home. We've had multiple animals. Uh, uh, dogs. Yes. That's kind of say Fish. And they've stayed alive for quite some time. Uh, and I've even told the story about the guinea pig. We've had guinea pigs. Yeah? Just wanted proof that I'm not a malicious dad. That's the only reason this is in the sermon. Just so, no, I, our kids, they, they wanted the reward, this called reward, of, of guinea pigs. They're like, I want guinea pigs. This is going to be amazing. And, we're, and I'm telling, I mean, Katie, are you listening? Why are you listening to them? Why are you letting them talk right now about guinea pigs? They're rodents. They're like in our house on purpose. No. Well, <clears throat> Christmas welcomed in guinea pigs to our home, and you've now seen the pictures and the proof. But you know where I'm going with this. My kids wanted them. But then they realized that guinea pigs poop <laughs> all day long. And then all night long. And then, and then they're like, well, I'm going I'm to pee too. And if you're thinking he's saying poop and pee in a sermon, it fits. It's right. It's what goes on. And in fact, you ever hold the thing, it's like, oh, good. Dad's holding it. Let's pee all over. And if you don't know it's what guinea pigs do, it's all they do. It's the only good they have to offer this world. And, and then as any other kid would know, and you get this, they decided, hey, I don't want to mess with that. So I'll complete full disclosure for you, okay? So by default, Katie started cleaning it up, and I, I did not touch it, but Katie started cleaning it up for a while, and then Katie and I was like, hey, I don't think this is good parenting. I don't think that we're supposed to be doing this. And what I've learned is we need to revamp what pet stores say. This is my opinion, strictly in my opinion. I think when you go to a pet store, they should stop you at the door, and they need to ask you some questions, and they should say, do you want to pick up poop? We're not going to talk about the cute puppies in there yet, but I just want, um, do you want to pull fur from every piece of furniture you have in your entire household? Do you want to feed someone other than yourself? And if you give any hesitation, I think they should say, you can't come in. <laughs> I think if I ran that business, I'd fail quickly. It wouldn't work out well. And um, let me tell you something you know. But you know how I like to kind of put things in phrases to help us really, really, really get it? Here's what I want to tell you. I, I think this is helpful. Rewards aren't sustainable without responsibility. And this is what we should make sure our kids know. And, and let's talk even beyond that, that we as adults should know. They're not sustainable without responsibility. You can't just say, I want this pet, and then the pet's just in your house, and you're like, that was fun. I'm going to pet the pet whenever I'm in, in the mood to pet the pet, and then, and then that's it, and, and whatever happens, happens. No, there's responsibilities, and that's the only way it's sustainable. Same thing applies in the adult world. If you buy something, there's responsibilities for whatever you purchase. And if we don't teach this and coach this and, and make this not only in our lives, but in the lives of our kids, there's a lot of breakdowns 
in their dreams. Again, let's, let's go to the Bible. So much wisdom in the Bible. The integrity of the upright guides them, right? But the unfaithful, the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. I think we all can agree that unfaithful is irresponsible. And all this is, this is dangerous. If you're irresponsible with your marriage, you'll often find yourselves in an unfaithful moment. If you're irresponsible at work, you'll have been considered unfaithful with the time that you're paid for. And all of us, I think all of us, 100% would agree that we need to change the world by teaching and coaching into the next generation the right things that maybe, maybe some of us never heard or didn't own. So I'm trying to teach my kids, Kenya trying to teach the kids basic responsibilities, and I thought that would be applicable to this conversation about responsibility. So I'm going to just tell you a couple of responsibilities that if you're in this stage of parenting or if you missed it and you're like, I just need to know for myself. Uh, Here's the first one, how to pick. This is a responsibility in life. How to pick things, decision making, right? And if you didn't know that we do not live in a great society that just is brilliant and amazing at making decisions, Decision-making, in general, has pressure. I don't know if you knew that. His pressure. I see this in, in our daughter. She's our, our middle kid, and she's nine years old. Ellie is uh, my princess. Don't ever mess with her. Uh, she's, she's awesome. And, but, but Ellie, uh, specifically at a restaurant, You know, in theory, when you have family at a restaurant, at, at first you're like, will we survive this? Will they kick us out? When are they going to kick us out? But what we began to notice at the restaurant was that, you know, we would say, okay, find out what you want. Well, well Ellie had a difficult time with this whole decision-making because she just felt this pressure. I, I don't, I, just pressure of choosing the right thing, or she, she didn't like to talk to a stranger, a waiter, or a waitress, and and th- so we would get to the end, everyone would order, and Ellie still doesn't know what she wants. I'm like, I'm getting frustrated by this. I know I'm supposed to be like, oh, it's okay, sweetie, but I'm getting frustrated by this. And so we, we had to create a rule, rule, no joke rule in our family that you have to know what you're going to order, and you have to order it. Now, you have to be able to read. That's the criteria. I'm not going to make Titus just like read this menu. He, he's four. He's not getting it yet, but so now, if you ever watch us at a restaurant, which is weird if you watch us, but if you ever watch us at a restaurant, you know, Ellie will have the, the kids' menu that's typically paper, and, and to help her, I've, we just, how, she'll, she'll circle what she wants. That has to be locked in. Crayon, here you go. Circle it. And then when the waiter or waitress comes, she makes the decision. I want her to make decisions. When we go to the store, she still has the same struggle, trying to boil everything down to what she wants. Uh, that's why decisions have pressure. You know that, right? Like, why, why are they so tough sometimes, decision-making? Here, here's why. Decisions have pressure because you have to sacrifice something you want. This is usually why you and I, if you're not a good decision-maker, I mean, somebody might, well, someone might, like, volunteer you to be a bad decision-maker, but if you, if you struggle with this, oftentimes because we just flat-out struggle limiting ourselves, <laughs> Ellie, again, in a store when she has money and she goes to the aisle that she's chosen and she can boil it down to two or three or ten and you know, I kind of like, oh, but then it's like a stalemate. 
And, and the clock keeps ticking, and you're like, are we going to be here forever? And she struggles making that decision. Now, now, let me pause for a second. Some of you don't think this is a big deal. Can I fast forward for a second? My little princess someday is going to have a prince. And I'm going to vet that boy like crazy. But you know what I don't want? for my daughter or any of my children. For them to lack the ability to make a decision so they require other people to make all their decisions for them. I think decision making is one of the most profound responsibilities to learn in life. And I don't want other people governing my kids the rest of their lives. That's why it matters from six to 11 to coach this in. So let me make an observation and I put it into words. I think this will help. You have to learn how to live without something that makes you happy if you're ever going to be happy. Now, the reason some of us kind of find this intense is because we as adults have not learned this. <laughs> We're like, what? I can't have it all. I mean, that's why if you go to buy a car, they don't want to talk to you about the price of the car. They want to talk to you about the monthly payment. You see, as adults, we struggle with this. And what I can tell you is you can help protect your children's future, their dreams, if you help them learn how to make decisions, how to pick. So to walk you more into our lives, because I've got to tell you, I, I'm by far not a perfect parent or a professional, but I am learning. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. So how do you make a decision? There's actually guidance I can offer. Here's the question we're teaching our kids to ask. What does God say about this decision? You're like, but this is not a church question. Mm -hmm. See, God is the center. God should be the core. And so what I want my kids growing up learning is that when they're going to make decisions, once they have pressure, is what does God say about this decision? Our oldest had to wrestle with this lately, and he hated it. So I get to tell you about it. Hayden, 14 years old, just for a second, get your mind, teenager, yes. Hayden had a birthday and got money, and uh, he's been saving up, by the way, for a car that he will drive. Scares us to death. He's saving up, saving up, but the problem was with birthday, all of a sudden, you kind of get a big chunk of money all at the same time, and he lost his mind. He all of a sudden switched, lost his whole dream of having a real car, and he's like, oh, I know what I want is an RC car, remote control car, the ones that go fast, not the little wimpy ones, the ones that are loud and fast, and he's like, I want one. He researched it, found it, and he showed, he's like, this is what I want. I'm like, do you have the money for it? He's like, I do. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, will you order it for me? I was like, sure, sure, I'll order it for you. Just a quick question before we order this. <clears throat> what does God say about this decision? <laughs> and he looked at me like, nothing. <laughs> He's like, uh, God did not talk about RC cars in the Bible anywhere. Can't find it, Dad. Not in there. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, how much is it? He told me. Okay. How much do you have? He told me. And they were the same. I was like, okay. Let me revisit a topic with you. You were given money. Did you tithe it yet? And if you're unfamiliar with tithe, 
the Bible shows all over the place, God says all over the place, to return to him a portion of everything you ever make. And we teach this to our kids young off. And, and, he's, like, and he, he's already had the conversation, so he knew exactly where I was going. I said, have you tithed? He's like, <clears throat> he didn't answer on purpose. And I was like, okay, let me remind you that Jesus himself said in Matthew 23, 23, you should tithe. And I was like, those are Jesus' words. And he's like, I know, Dad. I was like, okay, now I'm backing out of the conversation. You make whatever decision you want. And I did. And he found a RC car that was cheaper. And that weekend, he tithed to God. And I'm hoping that my son will hold on to the power of making decisions based on what God says. Now, some of you are like, you're a pastor, so you're talking about money. So that, okay, so let me, let me change the subject. How about this question? Maybe some of you have wrestled with it before. Should I date someone who doesn't believe what I believe? Some of you are like, how, what? Yes, I am reading your mail. <laughs> no, we all deal with this, right? And some of you are like, I'm trying to parent my kid, and they're like, and they want to date this boy or this girl, and they don't believe at all the stuff that they, and so again, I would encourage you, find out what God says about that decision. It's very simple. Helps you make decisions without making it all personal. Makes you, here's what the Bible says for those of you who are actually walking through this. Uh, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Yoked meaning in partnership in a romantic relationship together. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Some of you are like, that's in the, if I had only known that was in the Bible, it would have made the conversation easier. But we got to ask, what does God think about this decision? And, and God has not left us abandoned going, well, I sure hope you may. No, no, he gave us his word. His words, the Bible, helps us make almost every single decision in life. Blatantly, it spells it out. And, and if you're like, I can't find it in the Bible, well, that's why we gather together to lean into some of life's tougher subjects. And, and the, there's the Holy Spirit who, who helps you know right from wrong. And I'm telling you, every decision you ever make, and I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not being over-spiritual on this. Every decision you can go to God and ask him about. Every single decision. And some of us as adults don't do it. Okay, if you're unwilling to apply it yourself, please teach it to your kids. Because God, their creator, should be resourced all through life of what do I do from, from dating <laughs> to money to what do I do with my life? What's the meaning of life? How do I work? What's good marriage like? The Bible tells us, God tells us all of this stuff. But you know as well as I do, it's not just about making the right decision. That's not the only lesson, the only responsibility you can teach your kids. You can't just say, well, here's how to pick things. No, the responsibility also is how to stick. I mean, we, we can pick, but, but don't abandon everything. <laughs> how to stick, how to follow through, how to, how to stay around and actually fulfill what you promised or committed to. The Bible speaks to this in Proverbs. Wise youth harvest in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Whew. Those are strong, strong words. You got to learn to stick, or there's consequences. 
Let's have a very open conversation. I talked to you about guinea pigs. Guess who doesn't have guinea pigs in the house anymore? Us. Because <laughs> we had that conversation with the kids. Said, can't take care of the guinea pigs. You can't have the guinea pigs. So we had to find some families who wanted the guinea pigs. And they aren't in our house anymore. And our kids learned rewards have responsibilities. And if you think that's mean, I just think it's good parenting. And so I'm telling you, if you're unwilling to let your kids learn those lessons, you're setting them up for failure. Because there will be a boss one day who doesn't let it go. There will be a spouse who's not okay with what they did or said. There will be friends who wish they had shown up. We teach this early on. Now, I was taught something that I want to pass on to you. One of my mentors... I was talking about how to lead a church because I have no clue how to do it. And so I was like, hey, can you help me on this? And, and, and he's like, well, here, here's something to, to figure out if, if you as a pastor are doing things. But, but I think it applies to parenting as this. He and, and so here, here it is. Uh, do you want to live in a world where? This is so awesome. Do you want to live in a world where everyone behaves like you? I'm like, uh-huh. uh-uh. And if you want to not just tell your kids no, Stop it. We need to teach our kids to think. That's how we fulfill responsibilities. We think through things, not just, why are you doing that? Well, because uh, mom said so. What if it was more like, well, you, do you want to live in a world where no one has responsibilities? Intelligence says, well, no, some people need to like, do something, and you can walk that out with them. Do you want people defending us? Okay, yeah. Do, do you want this and that? Yes. Do, do you want to live in a world where you can eat? Most kids will be like, yes, please, and thank you right now. Like, well, let me talk to you about how you're able to eat today. Here's what mom and dad or whoever, here's how that's happened. When they lie, do you want to live in a world where everyone lies? They would, in theory, say no. You begin to help coach them why we pick what we pick and why we stick with it. In fact, in Proverbs, it gives us even more wisdom about responsibility that I think is awesome. Let me show you. It's a story about ants. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones, which I did not add that. I thought some of you were like, David's now writing the Bible. No, I'm not writing it. This is in there. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. So we've got something to learn. Though they have no prince or governor, or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, love that. How long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Oh, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Does it not sound like parenting conversations or work conversations? And from this, you and I learn how to bring this into our families. Let me just make the observations in case you haven't already. Healthy families assign responsibilities. The ants had responsibilities that didn't require uh, a governor, didn't require the government, didn't just, they, they knew what needed to be done and did it. And good families, healthy families, everyone's got responsibilities. 
I would suggest by the age of six, start handing off some things. Now, don't give your six-year-old the mower. Don't do it. There's appropriateness that I think you as a wise person can do, but when they're six, they can do some simple things, and you can begin to coach into their lives that we as a family operate together. But there's a why. Healthy families have goals. Remember, the ants were doing this so that when winter came, they would be ready. Don't just pass off to your kids, take the trash out, do the dishes, clean your room, vacuum, blah, blah. No, no, there needs to be a why behind that. What happens if no one takes the trash? Do you want to live in a world where no one takes the trash out? Do you want to live in a world where no one does the dishes? This is where you tell someone you do not have the right to be irresponsible because you're not in the mood to do something. Healthy families have responsibilities and goals, understanding why they're doing it. Perhaps this will craft in you a good family meeting. But if you've forgotten where I started, I want to bring it back to you. Responsibilities help us fulfill dreams. And as a daddy, they're not calling me that as much anymore. As a daddy, my kids have dreams. And I want them to live those out. I believe God has great things in store for my kids to be a part of. I believe that God has a calling for each of my children to do something great and grand with Him and for Him. And I know that God requires responsibilities along the way and doesn't just dole out reward after reward. There's responsibility. And I know that you and I understand this conversation, and I know that we all pretty much agree with it. Like, yeah, but don't just project responsibilities onto other people. Whether you're a parent or not, listen very closely. Whoever you are, whatever part of life you're in, you have responsibilities. Have you been owning your responsibilities? And if you're like, well, I don't know what they all are. God can teach you through the Bible if you're wondering at work, am I fulfilling my responsibilities? Dare to ask your boss. If you're a student, wondering, am I doing the best I should be doing? Ask your teacher. Oh, you want a dangerous one? <laughs> Kids, ask your parents if you're fulfilling your responsibilities. I believe with all my heart that the only way to cross the cliff between dreams you have and dreams you want to fulfill is the bridge of responsibility. And if you don't teach it to your kids, you might be blowing up their dreams. And you don't want that, I know that. So we require the help of God. So let's bow our heads and let me pray on your behalf. God, I want to thank you for the privilege, the reward of getting to, to parent a child. Lord, I pray for those who, who are in the season of parenting and these conversations are not fun, but Lord, they feel weak and maybe at their end of the rope on these things. Lord, I pray that you'll give them a new strength, uh, revitalize them. God, give them a, a new beginning, a, a refreshing 
feeling a peace that passes all understanding. Lord, for those of us who are in another area of life, neglecting our responsibilities, we aren't doing what you want us to do or something at work or school or wherever with friends, Lord, I pray that you'll prompt us, let us know, let us know what what we should be doing that we aren't. And thank you for the grace that you give us that covers that. God, I commit to you as we usually do, but I just want to tell you again, we as a church understand that we have responsibilities in the Black Hills and even globally. God, help us to fulfill those. We love you, Lord, so much. We thank you for these moments together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.